0: Podcast Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson, and you can find me on Instagram at The It's Possible Guy, and you can find our podcast Instagram at Happy and Single. And today I have the great privilege of having a conversation with my friend Paul Green. I'm going to give him a chance to introduce himself and tell us a little, little bit about him.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Paul Green, am currently I'm living in Los Angeles. I pursuing comedy and acting from Arizona where I met Joseph and about six years ago decided to uproot my life and moved to Hollywood to uh, pursue my dreams of being a comedic actor and performer and I guess more of the reason I'm on this podcast is I've also been single pretty much my entire life except for like a few months here or there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The not single parts or the uh, abnormalities or whatever they call those.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The not single parts have been the vast, vast minority. I think my longest long-term relationship was probably about two months. Well, that's, that's my longest relationship with a woman who was in the relationship with me. I've been in relationships with several women who were just not actually in the relationship with me, however, up in here, I was every bit as committed to them as yeah. they were not committed to me But that's more of a psychosis thing than a uh, <laughs> actual relationship i think
0: you were committed the full hundred and ten percent and they were committed
1: zero <laughs> exactly exactly
0: yeah dude, I, I think we've we've all we've all been in those type of situations i mean i'm I'm right there with you, man I haven't. The amount of relationships I've been in to haven't been in are, I don't know, maybe that just means that we know a little bit more of what we want and we're not willing to settle for less.
1: Well, that's a real positive way to look at it
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or delusional, you know, but I find that those two things are actually uh, very closely related.
0: Hey, you know what, man, if I can live happy in my mind in my fantasy land, you know, in, enjoying my life with my wonderful wife and kids and everything else that's going to come in my life. I'll take it. No, no, I, I probably wouldn't. That would be. I don't know. I think some people do, though. I think some people live in that world of just. I, like, you know, what's going to happen when this happens? I mean, for so many years, I mean, I wasn't that happy being single. And part of that was because I I kept waiting for forgive the 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 cliche, but I kept waiting for the shoe to drop. It's like,
2: this is it, this is the
0: moment. And I think especially when you don't like, you know, there, there's some people that are like serial daters. I've never been a serial dater. That
1: would dater. be me by the way, just that point, yeah. <laughs> I've never been just before you're about to uh you know speak disparagingly of serial daters. I think that would be uh, categorized as that.
0: Well, my my definition of serial daters is a person that's in a relationship and then they're in another relationship and another relationship and another relationship. Like they never get out of relationships hardly. They're they're
1: oh then that wouldn't be me, because I'm just never in a relationship. So
0: I, I know, and I think that's actually sometimes super healthy, but You know, I mean, I think about it in terms of, I think some people just get into bad relationships just for the sake of getting into a relationship. You think so?
1: Yeah, obviously there are, I mean, everybody's on on their own journey and, you know, doing their own thing. And I, I don't like to pretend that whatever is going on in my life is somehow more healthy than, you know, somebody who's maybe in a relationship that isn't ideal. I'm not necessarily sure that, um you know, cause I mean, everything is, is a learning experience. So whoever's in that, in a relationship that maybe isn't their ideal or they're staying in it because they're afraid to leave or they're staying in it because they're lonely or whatever. It's like, well, that's, that's the the growth that they're going through and whatever growth that I'm going through where I never really found that right situation or that right person, you know, it was just always you know, I would find a woman and who I would just kind of idolize and and would put on a pedestal like, oh, she is it. And kind of what you're talking about, like, oh, if I could be with this person, that would be the missing piece to my life. And then once I get in that relationship with this person, then my whole life will just, you know, you know, fall fall into place and perpetual happiness forever. And it's it's really, you know, it's, it's not to disparage Hollywood since I'm in it and that's what I want to do. But I mean, it really is the the, the rom-com scenario, right? It's like this mm-hmm. impossible scenario. You have these two people who are, you know, just these beautiful people or whatever. And they finally meet up at the very end and then the movie ends, right? And the assumption is like, oh, if I can just get Meg Ryan to fall in love with me, then, then my life is done because that's that, that that's when the the credits roll which again you know uh fantasy versus reality um you know we all know that that's not where the movie ends and there's so much more that goes into having a a successful relationship and that being happy actually has very little to do with who you happen to be in a relationship with it's the same thing i think with like money you know there's this constant strive for i have to achieve a certain level of financial su- success or career success and the illusion of course is once i have that money or once i have that career that then happiness will will be the result yet we can all point to examples of people who have gotten that money gotten that level of success and they're still every bit as miserable and their lives are still unfulfilled and there are people who don't have those things who live very meaningful pr- purposeful lives so the relationship the money the status the career um, I think we know enough now to know that that actually isn't what doesn't actually equal happiness. However, happiness internally seems to attract those things naturally and perhaps in a more healthy, organic way.
0: You know, Paul, you bring you bring up so many really cool points.
1: Yeah, I know I did. <laughs> it's like, I got this. Yeah.
0: I mean, the first thing I thought was interesting is just how you said everybody kind of, you know, does their life differently. You know, one person might choose, hey, I'm going to wait for the right person. And one person might feel, oh, you know what, I'm going to date this person because they're good enough for now. And it might develop into more. And I was thinking how you know, each of us cope with whatever situation we're in, however we do. And I think it's a really cool point you brought up about, you know, not judging that. And, you know, the other thing you said that just kind of really hit me. I actually, I really enjoy puzzles. So, like, I well, I go through phases. I've, I've got a lot of these really cool uh, Thomas Kade Disney puzzles. Oh, nice, dude. He's got the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> like, you know, I, I enjoy puzzles. And I, I was thinking about, you know, when you said something about a puzzle piece, how, like, you finish a puzzle. So, I finished a puzzle. This was a few weeks back, maybe a month ago. And it's funny because I was looking for this puzzle piece. I was looking and I was looking and I was looking and I was looking. And it wasn't until you know a little bit later that I actually found it. You can see the this uh, countertop behind me is kind of a you know an interesting color and it was totally blended in, in the in the far corner. And I just and I just never saw it. But how many people are going around, you know, walking around in circles around the table looking for that one puzzle piece? Not realizing that their life is actually pretty awesome the way it is. And, and when that puzzle piece does find them, that would be really cool too. But in the meantime, it's like, but, but we have that thing of completion. Like we want to have this complete life, not understanding and knowing that we, have, we don't have as much control over our lives as we think we do. I mean, I used to think we could control our thoughts and all this other stuff. We don't. You know, our, our thoughts just, they come in and they come out. Like it just kind of happens. And, and it's interesting because we had an interview probably about 30 episodes ago with a guy that actually lost his wife. So he married when he was 28, lost her, to, lost her when he was 38. And he's actually an incredibly happy guy. Whereas I know other, another man that was not so happy when his wife passed away and ended up just not having a very happy life for the rest of his life. You know, and, he, and he pretty much died in not the best of situations. And so, you know, it's really interesting when we think about that of just you know enjoying what we have, enjoying what's right in front of us. Because, because maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like you know, I mentioned the countertop, you know, we, we're looking so hard that we can't find it, and it's right there, you know, and, and it'll show
2: itself at the exact right time. I mean, as it usually does. There's a, there was another thing you said too that I was trying to think of, but I, I, it's it's lost. So if if it comes back, I'll let you know. But so, Paul, what what has helped you find happiness in your life? Well, using the puzzle analogy, this is what's ironic
1: for me is I actually like building puzzles as well. However, once I've finished the puzzle, there's actually no more enjoyment. I don't. I get very little enjoyment looking at a completed puzzle. That's actually not the purpose. Once the puzzle is complete, I usually go, okay. And then I put it back in the box and the enjoyment of a puzzle is putting it together. And at least for me, that's, that's the challenge. That's the fun part is, is, trying to put all of these pieces together once all the pieces are together then i'm kind of done and then i put it away and then i want to move on to the next puzzle same with this rubik's cube i've solved this a thousand times when it's solved it's boring right (sighs) like i had this solved this morning and i was just like well i'm going to mix it back up so that i can solve it again right so um you know, and I've 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 heard these analogies a lot like, you know, it's the you know, the joy is in the journey and stuff. And, and I never really wanted to believe that because I was like, yeah, that sounds cliche. And that is kind of upsetting because there are things that I want to accomplish. I do have these goals and I feel like our society is, at least in my perception, a very goal oriented. you got to go get your dreams. you got to set this goal. You have to hit this mark. You have to make this much money. You have to get this out of debt. you got to get this house, this car. This type of family life, this type of status, this type of security, it's always get, 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 get. And but the ironic thing is, at least for me, the moment that I get that thing, it's just like the puzzle. Well, now the puzzle's done. Now I don't actually enjoy it. What I enjoyed was trying to get it with trying to get it is actually where the fun and excitement, at least for me, is and the challenge is once you have something, then it's it's not appreciated anyway. It's you know, kind of like you were saying, like not really appreciating what I have. It's like Yeah, I didn't actually appreciate the puzzle once it was put together. Matter of fact, I I bought a puzzle for my birthday, like this big puzzle, like two years ago as a birthday present myself or whatever. Mm -hmm. I put it together and once it was put together and it took me, it was a big puzzle. Once I I actually had the puzzle completed, I didn't enjoy it anymore. And I literally just put it away and I think I threw it away. I was like, (laughs) like the whole reason I bought that puzzle was for the process of putting it together. That was actually the exciting, enjoying, you know, fulfillment part, and and maybe even have the, the word happiness is probably a a problematic word because what is what is actually like what what does happiness mean? And I think that that's a word that can have m- multiple meanings or connotation. But you know, I can feel happy if I eat a candy bar, but is that actually like happiness, right? And you know, and I don't want to get into semantics, but you know. We can look at joy versus happiness versus fulfillment and versus pleasure versus enjoyment. And ultimately, to get back to your original question, what makes me feel happy? Well, I'm 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 seeking fulfillment. And what is fulfilling to me is reframing. What I actually find um, what, what what actually makes me happy and I'm in this process, I'm not great at it yet, but what I'm trying to reframe is actually just being in the moment, always just fulfilled in what I'm doing in that in that moment. And if I want to set a big goal, which I do, like I'm a big believer in goals, I'm a big believer in manifestation, I'm a big believer in going for things that just seem absolutely impossible. However, once I set those goals, I make sure that I'm not looking for the accomplishment of the goal for happiness it was the setting of the goal that was happy and fulfilling and it's then living each moment even in pr- pr- pursuit of that goal but it's it's not it's not the illusion that once i get the goal i'll be happy it's that i'm putting the puzzle together right now and that's what's enjoy and that's what i receive enjoyment from that's what's fulfilling that's what brings happiness <laughs> and if that isn't bringing me happiness then to me it's not Oh, my life is not happy because I don't have this thing. It's like, well, maybe I'm just putting the wrong puzzle together. And,
2: That's and question. if I'm
1: not happy putting the pieces together, then it doesn't matter what the puzzles, you know, like if, if it, if I don't receive happiness going for my goal of being a comedic actor and whatever, if the process, if the puzzle pieces don't bring me happy and fulfillment, well, then getting, the puzzle completed, sure as heck isn't going to bring me happiness. and fulfillment. so I should find another puzzle to build.
0: <laughs> I find it, I find it hilarious how much we've been using this puzzle analogy. But I really, hey, you brought it I up, man. I really love one. it. I really love it. Of like you were saying, the point is of the joy is putting the puzzle together. Like if if, if somebody just handed us a picture and said, "Oh, here's your puzzle. It's already done," you'd be like,
1: "Jerk." <laughs> you already have a picture. It's like, on the box. Yeah, right? like we already know what it looks like.
0: But if they handed you a puzzle that was all completely done, like all the pieces were put together. Like I, I, took, I took the time to do it for you. You're welcome. Right. Like, we, would, we wouldn't be very happy. And, and it's interesting you brought up the goal thing. Like I was watching, have you seen the movie Soul? Yeah. So I was watching the movie Soul um, just a few weeks ago and I saw something so differently. I was the part where he's, uh, you know, he's played the show, and he, and afterwards he he asked the lady, he's like, "Cool, what, what, what do we do next? What, what what's next?" And she's like super calm and reserved. She's like, "Well, we show up tomorrow, and we do the exact same thing." And you just see the joy drop out of his face, and he's like, "Wait, what? No, no, no! This is this is what I've waited my entire life for. Like, what, what, what do we do next?" Right. That is like that. That's the puzzle that we've put together. You know, and I think as people grow in life, like, you know, I've seen I've seen your growth as a comedian and like, you know, from from the the infancy stages. And it's been so cool to watch, but it's almost like we have to keep challenging ourselves because we're we're building a a bigger puzzle. It's like, okay, cool. I've got this one done. I want to go play with a different puzzle but so many people they do they feel like oh i've got this puzzle done what often happens for you know plenty of celebrities is they get super bored i mean you think you know you're we're both from arizona up in scottsdale there's plenty of very very wealthy women that you know they're, they're married to these men that are you know ridiculously wealthy and they sit around all day just thinking of the next thing to do trying to like find this enjoyment not understanding that enjoyment and there's no judgment to them. Like, if that, if they're happy doing that, that's awesome. But I know plenty of them aren't happy, and you know, so enjoyment comes from the challenge. It comes from the fight. It's like I was watching a uh, I don't know. Re- I was randomly watching this like prison show, and there was this guy that was just jacked out of his mind, one of the prisoners, and uh, the the guards were trying to take him to a different part of the prison, and all of a sudden he starts like they have to get like six or 10 of guards and they, and they all start fighting. And then afterwards they're almost all laughing, including like the guy, because we all want a challenge. That guy doesn't have very many challenges left now that he's in prison for maybe life. I don't remember. And so he creates this game. He creates this challenge. So it's a a puzzle is just a game. And, you know, maybe we do, we get so fixated on, Oh, if I do this puzzle, my life's going to be perfect. H- have you seen the show Ordinary Joe?
2: Mm-mm.
0: Oh, dude, it is it is awesome. I don't usually rave about primetime TV, but like it is the the premise is this this character. He's at graduation day. He has three different routes he can take. He can go with the girl he's been with forever. He can go with this other girl he just met that day, or he can go with his family. And every road takes him a different place. Every episode, they play out like from 10 years later, with all three scenarios simultaneously in real time. And it's fascinating because one, he becomes a rock star, but he's still got challenges. And that one, he really wants to have a child with his wife and he's still got challenges. Like everybody has challenges. And I think sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, if I just got past this challenge, I would be like, I would be in- invincible. And it's like this grand illusion.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, look at anybody who we idolize in our society, you know, look at like a Tom Brady, look at like a Tom Cruise, look at a Jeff Bezos, right? Like these people who have achieved like monumental success. And it's like, I think about it like, what does Tom Brady do every day? Tom Brady wakes up and and studies football and he hasn't had a hamburger in decades because he only eats you know like milk you know like protein shakes you know what i mean and we're like oh he's married to a supermodel and blah 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 i watched this documentary with tom brady It it was like two years ago i think it was after super bowl number five not super bowl number six and what was he doing that day he was on the practice field with a quarterbacks coach throwing footballs nobody around no cheerleaders no stands of myriad, you know, fans, him just like working on his craft. And the quarterback coach was like trying to get him to like adjust his elbow, like a quarter of an inch. Right. He was like, Hey, if you, if you get your elbow up, like, like this, just this, you're going to get a little bit more leverage on the ball. And he's like, Oh, okay. Like this. And he's just throwing footballs to nobody. Right. Like, and we think, Oh, Tom Brady, you know, like, what do we think he does? Like, you know, he's like, just hooking up with supermodels. is like, no. And then he just, you know, he has his wife and you think his wife and him get along? you know, like, no, they're going to have arguments. You know, you think she comes out of the shower, like Giselle, you know, like walk like, no, she comes up and, you know, and she snores and, you know, farts in the bed and, you know, and they have arguments. I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe they're, maybe they don't, I mean, but, but, but you get the point, right. It's like, you know, I mean, Beyonce is the most gorgeous woman in the world. And her husband, who's what, Jay-Z, cheated on her, cheated on her, you know, like, and we would think like, oh, if I was with Beyonce, I would be so loyal. It's like, no, like if I was with Beyonce, she would be my wife, she'd be my husband and I would still be man. She'd still be a woman and I would still have challenges and temptations. And, you know, just because she married this incredibly successful man, she still got cheated on and she still has to deal with that. You know what I mean? And, you know, Tom Brady, like Tom Brady's satisfaction comes from like his only opponent is himself and all of the haters out there. I mean, he doesn't care because he knows that he's on the football field as a five-time Super Bowl champion, working on his craft when nobody's watching. Well, except for the fact that he'd a documentary crew there. So maybe that's not the best example. But um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, you know, and it's like, or you know, Jeff Bezos, like, oh, he just bought a, you know, half billion dollar yacht or whatever. It's like, yeah, but what does he do every day? He has meetings. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he's got, he's got to wake up and he has a zoom meeting and he's got to talk to people and you know what I mean? And, and be hated, you know, because he's wealthy and, and I don't know what type of guy he is, you know, whatever, but it's like, he's just running a business. And there's this illusion that like, Oh, I, you know, like, I want to be that guy. It's like, maybe I don't want to be that guy, you know, like, Maybe that's not actually a very fulfilling life to have billions of dollars, to have everybody hate you because you're wealthy and you have to just run this company every day.
0: Well, and it's funny you bring up hating celebrities because it was you. You were one of the, you were the person that I think flipped me on Tom Brady. I'm almost positive.
1: Do you remember? I remember, yeah. I remember you and I had a conversation about him, yeah.
0: Because I was like, dude, Tom Brady is such a, you know, whatever I said, I can't remember. But you were the one that like, dude, do do you understand that he... Is like the ultimate underdog, and I'm a huge fan of underdogs. And yeah, yeah. you were the one. You were the yeah. one. Nobody. The
1: went Gator. six in the draft. He went in the sixth round in the draft. Nobody was looking at him. And even if in his college days, like he was never the guy, right? And there are plenty of quarterbacks who are the guy, right? I mean, it's almost always the first draft pick out of the NFL draft is almost always a quarterback, like Kyler Murray. That's my guy, right? First first pick of the draft, you know, um, I mean, and you can, you can go back for, you know, how many, how many years was the first pick, always the quarterback, always the pretty boy, always the successful quarterback, always the savior. Who's going to come out and save the team that was not Tom Brady. Right. And I mean, and you just look at how that guy prepares and how, and where his focus is. The only, the only, um, opponent that Tom Brady has is himself. He is always just trying to challenge himself how can I be better how can I get better how can I get better how can I get better and the natural result of that has been millions of dollars and a supermodel wife but like he doesn't even like you know what I mean it, it's not like he yeah. thought oh once I get a Victoria's Secret model that then my life will be complete he's still on the practice field with a small camera crew and a quarterbacks coach you know what I mean and he's still saying like oh well maybe I can See if I can win a Super Bowl at age 45. I mean, the guy's what, 44, 45 now? And he's still in the NFL. Yeah. Like, that's not privilege. I mean, he has some privilege. I'm not saying that. You know, he's six three and whatever. He height,
2: but, but there's yeah, that have
1: height. yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray's five ten, I think, five eleven. I'm six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taller than Kyler Murray. So come like I didn't get taken first in the NFL draft. You know what I mean? Um but I mean, but 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 you but you can take that analogy. We take anybody who's been you know, you know, successful. I mean, you look at Angelina Jolie, like she's arguably one of the most be- beautiful talented, successful women in the world. And guess what? She's single. <laughs> like, sure, she had Brad Pitt. You guys Didn't can send her, the, her you guys can
0: send her the podcast. She needs this. <laughs> right, yeah. You well, know dude, what I mean? I,
1: like, and she's got I her come back to. You know? I want to like,
0: come back to Giselle though, because you brought up Giselle. Giselle, the amazing story about Tom and Giselle. Have you read her book?
1: Oh, no, I haven't. I don't, I don't know much about her story now.
0: So her book is actually really good. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called, but it's, it is really good. And the interesting thing is they are identical. So Giselle was obviously not born in privilege. She was born in Brazil. I don't remember like what there's different levels of being born in Brazil. I don't remember which level she was born per se. of wealth, Like
1: caste system or something?
0: Yeah, I mean a little bit. But so I don't I don't think she was born of like means, but she just kept showing up. She would take the jobs that nobody wanted to take. If somebody wanted to shoot a supermodel in Antarctica, like, you know, in, in a swimsuit, she would take the job. All the other all the other girls were like, "No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't want to go to Antarctica. I don't want to freeze." And so they were both willing to do the work, and I actually like there's plenty of attractive supermodels in the world. And I know plenty of people think Giselle is gorgeous and stunning and she is a beautiful woman. Like there are other women that I find more beautiful than Giselle, but she is, but her and Tom Brady, they really are, they're like identical and they've built this amazing life. And if her book is anything like their life really is, which I think it is. I mean, she sounds, she actually seems pretty grounded and like real. Whereas we can't say that for all supermodels, you know, and uh, not that I, not that I sit and have conversations with many supermodels, but I just, I just find that really interesting that how we kind of find our person, but if each of them hadn't been living their lives, just doing their thing, they might never have connected, you know, I mean, the odds of somebody from, I don't know where Tom Brady was born, but the odds of Tom Brady and someone from Brazil meeting up are, you know, quite small. You know,
1: I think Tom Brady's a California boy because I seem to remember that he was in San Francisco. Uh, he was at a 49ers game watching Joe Montana. I,
2: um, I seem to remember
1: that story. Hopefully I'm not uh mixing facts. I'm sure all the sports fact checkers will. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and again, I mean, you know, kind of on this theme of like, you know, these people who we idolize and think like, oh well, if I was rich and famous, then then I would be happy. And it's like Maybe, maybe not, you know, um, there, I think there are plenty of people who have happy and fulfilling lives who are not, you know, supermodels and, and, and Super Bowl champions, just as, you know, there are plenty of, you know, NFL football players and and supermodels and actors and actresses and business owners who, who are miserable. Um, there's this really fascinating, uh, podcast. The guy's name is, oh, I hope I say this name, right. Jerry Colonna, I think his name is, his nickname is the CEO Whisperer. Um, this guy is just an incredible, incredible human being. Um, so he's like a he's like a life coach for CEOs, like big time, like Wall Street guys, you know, people who have started businesses, like just those really ambitious. I'm going to change the world with my business type people, and he has these conversations. And the funny thing is when I first heard about like, oh, a CEO life coach, I immediately pictured, you know, kill, 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 money, profits, you know, like one of those
2: guys. This guy is the most Zen, Buddhist, calm, empathetic. I mean, just
1: leads with his heart. He's very soft-spoken. And on his podcast, and his podcast is called Reboot, and he'll talk to these CEOs, like, again, these highly ambitious um highly talented very conscious very intelligent hard working driven human beings and he'll have them breaking down in tears in moments because of how unhappy they are <laughs> and how they've they've set up this this um pursuit of success as their happiness and but inside they're still dealing with shame and they're still dealing with doubt and they're still dealing with you know f- feeling shame that they don't have better relationships with their kids or better relationships with their spouse or that you know that they they had to lay off a bunch of people in their company because you know because the profits weren't there and they have to eat all of that and always show up having all the answers and being confident and being Mr or Mrs CEO like I've got it all together and inside they're just as insecure, just as unsure, just as shooting from the hip as, as anybody else. And it's just really fascinating to hear this guy and his story, uh, uh, Jerry Colonna, is he, um, he was like a super successful, um, I wanna say Wall Street. I don't think he was actually on Wall Street. Um, I believe he was like an investment, um, he, he ran like an investment fund, right? Um, uh, the venture capitalism. I think it was, he was a venture capitalist. And was very successful. And by the time he was thirty, he was like multi-multi millionaire, right? Blew up, Mm -hmm. successful with with finances, and was depressed. And as the story goes, like after he achieved all that success so early, he was ready, literally, to jump off a bridge. And he called his therapist, like, "Hey, I'm ready to jump off a bridge, (laughs) and end it." Like that's where he was in his life. When again, like you know, when I was in my early twenties or mid twenties, I would have been. That's what I was thinking, like. You know, I, I was a realtor and stuff, and I was thinking like, oh man, if I can,
2: rah, 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 you know what
1: I mean, <laughs> then, then I'll be successful. But here's this, here's this man who had that success, and he, and he's ready to jump off a bridge, you know. And of course, his therapist was like, you need to come in now. And now he's totally on this other side of just peace and being in tune with emotions, and and he gets these he gets these high powered CEOs just breaking down and tearing. <laughs> I just want to see my kids more. You know what I mean? And it's like, but it's like, you know, and that's like, there it is, you know, it's like right in front of us. But again, you know, the, the society and I think American society and our profit driven, our commercial driven, our, um, you know, kind of capitalist driven society where everything is buy, 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 buy got to buy the newest thing, got to buy the next thing. And if you don't, you don't look like this. If you don't have this car, if you don't have this, and it creates this illusion of, um you know th- this is what is going to make you happy and that is never enough because as soon as i get as soon as i get the new car well now i want the next new car as soon as i get the audi whatever now i want the ferrari as soon as i get the ferrari now i want the lamborghini as soon as i get that well now i want the swing condo once i got the swing condo now i want the beach house once i want the beach house then i want multiple beach houses once i have you know and it just never ends and mean- again just coming back to like if i am not happy right now in the puzzle that i am building then that's that's where i need to change first is i need to go find a puzzle that i i enjoy building and if and right now i legitimately enjoy being in the comedy scene i enjoy building up i enjoy the challenge i enjoy trying to work on material. I enjoy trying to get funnier. I enjoy trying to connect. I enjoy trying to network. I enjoy auditioning. I enjoy, you know, like trying to impress the casting director. Like that's so much fun for me. It's like, oh, I got this audition. Oh, okay. That's fun for me. And if I don't get it, it doesn't affect me because if I got it, that would be the puzzle, you know, being built anyway. Right. If I, but if I get it, when I do book something, then I'm just super happy to go do this. Like I I filmed the commercial like a, a month ago and I had so much fun and it's this small commercial. It's not gonna go national. It's not gonna be on TV. It's just gonna be like on internet and stuff like that. And I loved auditioning for it. I loved that I booked it. And then I loved going down and just being on set and being the guy for three days. And then once the commercial was over, now I'm back to auditioning again. And, And I just love seeing... What challenge is going to be be thrown at me for the audition? And if I get the role, great. If I don't get the role, not great. You know what I mean? It's like, and I, you know, like I bet if we ask Tom Brady, I'm like, I'm sure it's a bummer, you know, for the two Super Bowls he's lost. But how much does those affect him? Probably not at all, because he would be training the same way whether he won the Super Bowl or not. Like, I guarantee he's training exactly the same right now, if not even more intense after winning the last Super Bowl with Tampa Bay than, than had he lost it you know um, anyway not to keep bringing up Tom Brady but <laughs> he seems to be a good a, a good example and a good metaphor of, of oh, wow. where this conversation is going
0: I think he's a great example and I, I want to come back to something you said because I know you think very highly of Jerry is it Kaluna or Colonna
1: Colonna I hope I'm Keluna. saying his name right okay it's see. been a while since I've read his stuff but he just came to mind I'm going to google just to make sure all the facts <laughs> I think it's Jerry Colonna yes Jerry K-
2: um, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Colonna,
1: C-O-L-O-N-N-A.
0: I remember from some of our past conversations, he, you know, he's had a pretty big impact in your life. And one of the thoughts that was coming up for me, I think, you know, as people, as the world gets a little bit more challenged for people these days, you know, everybody has that time in their life where they metaphorically, you're thinking about standing on a bridge. They think, and it's just a thought that's going through our head that it's like, oh man, it would it would feel a lot better not we we think it would feel a lot better not to be here right now. You know it's it's not that people actually want to end their lives. It's they want to end whatever pain that is going on. But as a friend of mine says, like it's just the death of thought. You know, it's this thought that comes comes to us and feels so strong. But, you know, you think about the impact that Jerry Colon has had for, So, I mean, just using the ripple analogy, you know, if he would have been gone, I mean, all the people that lives that he's touched and all those CEOs that they touch and, you know, that ripple effect goes on and on and on. And so, you know, for people out there that are just having a, a lot of struggles, when we just hang on a little bit longer, life gets so much better you know, we don't have to have all the answers today. We have friends around us. We have people that we can turn to. We have people that we can reach out to. And it's so important to remember we, we have no idea like that, you know, somebody once said, you know, you can, you can tell how many seeds are in a fruit, but you can never tell how many fruits are in a seed. And we, and we get so narrow sided, and we think about it. And, you know, I call it crazy leprechaun thinking. We get all this crazy thinking in our head that, you know, of all this stuff that feels like, you know, just for whatever reason, in that moment, something feels sort of like the right thing to do. But if we just pause, all of that eventually goes away. And we think about the impact that we can have on the world. You know, you talked about being present. Like I think presence is happiness. Like when I'm present and just happy, and living my life the way that I really want to, life goes really well. And and like you mentioned with Tom Brady, of there's this, he's learned to enjoy the process. You know, as as a stand-up comedian, like I mean, you you are a stand-up comedian. Like you are, you have learned to enjoy the processes. I mean, I remember was it last year or the year before that you did just an insane amount of shows. It was like a really large number that I can't. I don't want to guess because I can't remember. It was like, was it 700 something? Was it? 400. 400. Okay. Like, I mean, you did this incredible amount of shows on top of doing so much else, but you'd really learn to enjoy the process. And I was kind of thinking back to this puzzle thing. It's so funny how things kind of come in and then stay for the whole conversation. With the puzzle thing, it's like, you know, we start off and we do a little bit of a puzzle. And then we realize we can do a bigger puzzle and a bigger puzzle and a bigger puzzle, but it doesn't matter what size of puzzle we're working on. I think a puzzle really just slows us down and gets us to, and just gets us to settle. I mean, my favorite way to do puzzles is actually turn on something like just really chill, relaxed music, like something acoustic with some singing and just kind of do it, you know, just kind of do the puzzle, you know, there and, just kind of enjoy the moment, and I think it's one of those things that really just slows us down. And because we're focused on this, it's almost like when we slow one thing down. All of our problems can kind of figure themselves out, or they just feel okay at the time. We don't have to solve everything in this moment,
2: you know.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, there's a, another, you know, life coach guy. Their name uh, Kyle Cease, who I'm a big, big fan of, and he's real big on whatever is just right now in this moment, just love it. Right. And, and it's not that like, if you're at least for me, that like, if, if I'm in the moment that that means that I am happy because maybe I am afraid or maybe I am anxious or maybe I am sad. And his whole thing is like, yeah, if you're sad, that's okay. And his whole thing is like, if you're sad, just say I'm feeling sad right now. And I love that because that's what is right. And trying to avoid what is which I think a lot of those pursuits are right. It's like, I'm feeling this sadness or I'm feeling this emptiness or I'm feeling this fear. So instead of just experiencing that and feeling it, I don't want to feel these negative emotions. So I'm going to, I'm either going to go accomplish or I'm going to go to an addiction or I'm going to go to, um, you know, manipulation or fear or anger or control or, you know, a substance or, you know, zone out on Netflix. And his whole thing is like, no, it's okay to be sad. It's like, this whole human experience. The only reason we're having an uh, the only thing that makes our human experience human is emotion. And this illusion that I should only ever feel happy all of the time is really cutting out a significant portion of the human experience, which is also the negative emotion. And it's okay to feel negative emotion. And again, kind of the the, the hallmark you know uh, beer commercial society we live in is this idea that that life is always supposed to be this ideal you know volleyball beach party and and it's just not because that's because life is meant to be an emotional experience and so if i'm feeling sad that's fantastic i'm feeling something i'm having a i'm having a human experience and the idea is not oh i'm sad get rid of it run watch some Netflix, you know, go accomplish something so I don't have to think about it, get busy. It's like, no, what if I just sit with the sadness, just allow myself to feel it? What if I just allow myself to cry? And Kyle C's big, big thing is like, whatever you're feeling and love it, right? It's like, I'm sad and I love that. Because that's what is, that's what's true. And that's real. And that's the human experience And my body and my psyche and my emotions want to feel sad right now and instead of running from it just sit with it don't do anything don't try to run from it try to zone out don't go to the thousands of addictions out there or whatever it's like no I, i'm sad and i love that i'm just and i'm just going to be sad i'm going to allow myself to feel it and guess what when i do that then i feel it and then it passes and then something else comes in right um if i allow if if i give myself the time to just sit with it instead of You know, oh, gotta get on Instagram. Oh, look at all of these people on Instagram and Facebook who are having more fun than I am and you know, who have better lives than I am, who are more attracted than I am. Oh, look at all these married people with their kids and families. Oh, they're having a better, it's like nah. Like it's it's all an illusion. We're all having a human experience. And if for me, if I can the more that I just focus on mindfulness in the moment and being totally okay with what is, because what is is what is. I can run from it, I can hide from it, I can lie to myself, I can imagine a different life where things are different. Hey, great, more power to you. But this moment is still all that I have. I mean, I could literally die tomorrow. I mean, I think if coronavirus taught us anything, it's that, you know, people who we know and love are gone just like that. And not even the coronavirus. I mean, we've we always know that. Car accident, boom, you know health thing. Boom. You know what I mean? Tragedy. Boom. It's like, it happens, happens all the time. And all, all the universe has promised me, all God has promised me is this moment right now. And I get to choose how present I'm going to be with the reality that I live in right now. And again, I'm all about dreaming. I'm all about visual. I'm all about the vision board. I'm all about go- going for something, but only because doing that is fulfilling in the moment, but I'm no longer under the illusion that when I become multi-million dollar sitcom comedic actor Paul Green,
2: guess what? I'm still gonna be me, and I'm still gonna go come home at the end of the day, and I'm gonna have to be with me.
1: As far as I know, I'm, I am I am I'm all I got. Um, you know, maybe after this life maybe there's reincarnation, you know, I don't don't worry about all that because that's not the reality I'm living in right now. I'm living in this earthly experience. I'm looking at these eyeballs, as far as I know, on a linear time theory, as far as I know. And all I got is the experiences that I have. And it doesn't matter if I'm Paul Green, who's a amateur comedian, who you know loses more money doing stand-up comedy than he makes and does a couple of shows here or there and can travel a little bit and was in Tucson last week and was in Vegas the week before and'll be in San Clemente this weekend and not really famous and you know like that that's who I am right now, but I'm under no delusion that when I become Paul Green selling out theaters, you know touring the country, that now I'm going to be somehow more happy and fulfilled than who I am right now. It'll be cool. I'll just be having that. That earthly experience, that life experience, then. But now I'm just going to have, now I'm going to be in that puzzle, right? And now I'm going to figure out how to manage fame and figure out how to manage the fact that I will have people who, I mean, I already do have people who just hate me. Like I'm not (laughs) famous. And there are people who legitimately hate who I am, right? I've already experienced that. I've already Mm -hmm. experienced being trolled, right? It's like when I'm famous, that's going to be times 10. You know what I mean? And everything that I do is now going to be scrutinized and criticized and dragged through the mud. And I will also have people who will love and adore me. Guess what? That's exactly where I am right now, right? It's just going to be more of that. And it's like, oh, now I'm, you know, I'm single and, you know, dating is tough. It's like, you think dating is going to be any easier when I'm famous? Because now I'm not going to know, well, who's actually interested in who I am and who actually just wants to try to get my money in fame. And, you, you know, like, it's not like the problems are going to go away. Once I get that thing, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a new set, set of problems. I read this book. Um, I can't actually name the full title on your podcast, but it's the subtle art of not giving a, yes.
0: um, I I know which book you're referring to. Yeah.
1: Um, I would not recommend it to anybody who is sensitive to language. Um, but, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, you know, he just talks about that, like really all we're choosing in life is what types of problems we want to have. Hmm. Because no matter what it is, right? No matter what it is. So, you know, if you're if you're wanting to be, you know, the next big, you know, life coach, the next big, you know, Tony Robbins or whatever, I want to be the next Kevin Hart or the next Jerry Seinfeld or whatever, great. All 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 we're doing is saying, cool, I want this series of problems versus this series of problems. You know, it's a problem if you're poor. It's a problem if you're rich. It's a problem if you're single. It's a problem if you're in a relationship, right? Like, like being happy and single. It's like, great. Once we have a relationship, our problems are gone. Talk to anybody in a relationship. No, <laughs> all we're doing is we're trading the problems of being single with the problems of now managing a relationship and managing trust and managing communication and managing the schedule and getting the joint Google calendar and, and managing you know, different likes life expectations and manage two human beings who are living a life experience and are growing and might grow independent of each other and, or might grow more together or, you know, like your, your other person, like, heck, or it's great. And then we lose that person, you know, to, you know, to death. Well, now we have to deal with that problem of having had this incredible love. And now we don't, and now we got, it's like, you know, Tom Brady has to deal with the problem of being a celebrity and having these high expectations. And guess what? He has a wife and kids too. And he's got to learn how to raise his kids. And he's got to learn how to manage the fact that he's so busy and, you know, feeling maybe that shame of like, oh, I wish I could spend more, more time with my kids. And, but oh, I got this multimillion dollar football career I need to manage. And, you know, like, there's always, always problems. And so again, coming, we keep coming back to the same analogy, but it's like, Whatever puzzle you're building, that's the problem, right? And once that puzzle is built, guess what? You're no longer interested in that puzzle anymore. Now it's just going to be a new a new puzzle with new problems and new challenges. And so, um, <laughs> what, what I like about that book, it's like don't don't choose what type of life you want to have. Choose what
2: choose what problems you want. What kind of problems do you want? And then go with the life that have
1: the problems you want.
2: <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, there's,
0: there's a lot of really good stuff in there, man. I mean, this is, this has been a lot of fun so far. Um,
2: that's, it's interesting, though. Like, if everybody would just show up and almost love the puzzle they're doing,
0: almost like a little... I mean, I've got this nephew. He's like four years old, and he's just like happy-go-lucky all the time, man. Like, this kid is just... I mean, aside for the very few times he gets upset and frustrated. But it's like that. It's just going into whatever puzzle we're dealing with. But you know, the other thought that just occurred to me, Paul, is I don't think some people know what even puzzle they're working on. I think they're so scattered with so many things going on in their life, they haven't said that I want to work on this puzzle. We can only do one thing at a time. Like I was, you know, I happened to be reading just a couple of days ago, the Book of Mormon. There's this part where this prophet named Nephi is building a ship. And it says, and it basically says in there, well, like it just occurred to me, it's like, he was only building one ship at a, like he only built one ship, but it's like, I can only build one ship at a time. I have to get very clear on what ship that I'm building, because if we're worrying about, okay, well, how's, how's this business problem going to work out? How's this life problem going to work out? And I think it's also all the thinking that we have around these things. like the one thing that I've really learned and understood that each of us has this inner voice. We have this inner voice. People can call it spirit. They can call it God. They can call it whatever they want. But when we listen to that and most, and many people that are have made it per se in the world of talk about this, they're like, I don't, they just come like ideas, just come. I mean, angels, angels and airwaves, they did a video. And one of the, and I think Tom DeLong just kind of says, you know, the cool part about writing music I don't even know what's going to happen. You know, and it's like, okay, well, there's this force that really does lead and guide us. So if we understood that we're taken care of, that we're held, that we're watched over and that we're guided, I liken it to almost like being able to tune into a radio station that has the answers to all of our problems and everything else. But most people are too busy running around solving all their own problems to just Simply tune in. And it takes, I mean, it takes some work to tune in, you know, to that inner voice. But I have found that to be so incredibly helpful. Not thinking that I have to do it alone. You know, not thinking that you know it just has to be. Like my mentor Michael Neal did a podcast that's like, you know, kind of it's it's not up to us. When we think it is, if it's got to be, then it's up to me, or whatever that phrase is, then like. We take away that X factor,
2: you
0: know. When I look at this, you know, the, the spirit and our inner voice as this X factor, like that is our superpower. This powerful inner voice that really does guide us. Like I've wrote, written things in my book, and like it's amazing. Some of the stuff that I write, that I, I mean, these characters just kind of start to come out of nowhere. And it's like, where'd that guy come from? Whoa, that's kind of cool. And so we begin to play in this space where it's almost like we have this. You know, supervisor just telling us what to do. Be like, okay, try this, try this, try this. And all of a sudden we look up and there's like this awesome skyscraper. And it's like, whoa.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: and, and you mentioned with Kyle Cease, that's really cool you brought him up. I actually have a couple of his books in my library, but I've never actually opened them. So I'll I'll have to actually I'll have to actually read
1: one of them. His podcast is his podcast is really I love listening to him again because he has just a very
2: I love I love listening
1: to people who are Zen, man. Like you know, like I mean, I love Tony Robbins. I'm a big fan, but I've, I'm just kind of past the 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 uh, go go go. You know what I mean? And Kyle is just very present, very calm. Same with Jerry Colonna. And anyway, so just where I'm at in terms of the puzzle that I'm building, you know, that's that's where I'm at. And anyway, so Kyle yeah, sees.
0: And, yeah. no, he didn't. And Michael Neal is a lot like that as well. He's very just. You know, much much more like that Zen, and I was talking to him, and he was sharing with me, he's like, Joseph, like, I have decided that I will go down the ship down with the ship, the ship being he calls it inner wisdom, of just following this inner voice all the time. And he's built you know an incredible, incredible life, as you know, I'm sure Kyle and Kyle and Jerry have also. And it's just amazing that so many people are trying to give us the answers. But we think it has to be hard. It's like I'm remembering there's this. uh, Fortunately, I have it marked. Otherwise, I'd probably would not have pulled this up. But this is an old Sioux legend that says in ancient times, the creator wanted to hide something from the humans until they were ready to see it. He gathered all the other creatures of creation to ask for their advice. The eagle said, give it to me and I will take it to the highest mountain in all the land. But the creator said, no, one day they will conquer the mountain and find it. The salmon said, leave it with me, and I will hide it at the very bottom of the ocean. But the creator said, no, for humans are explorers at heart, and one day they will go there too. The buffalo said, I will take it and bury it in the very heart of the great plains. But the creator creator said, no, for one day even the skin of the earth will be ripped open, and they will find it there. The creatures of creation were stumped. But then an old blind mole spoke up. Why don't you put it inside them? That's the very place they'll look. The creator said it is done. Now, so you brought up Tony Robbins and having been a Tony Robbins guy for many years, Tony Robbins is who got me into coaching. And like, you know, 18 years ago, and I'm only, what am I now? 37. So I was like 18 years old or so when I got into this. He got me into coaching and and then, you know, about four years ago, I met Michael Neal and just have begun to understand you know, back to the puzzle piece. It's like we have this puzzle, but it's almost like all the pieces are get laid out for us when the when it's right. It's like we scrounge through the puzzle pieces, right? To find, you know, just searching, 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 searching to find the right piece. But at the exact right moment, it just kind of shows up. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience. This might, this might be a bit, a bit much, but at least for me, there's been moments when it's like, you look at the place where the puzzle piece goes and you're looking through the puzzle pieces and you find the right one and you just know it's the right one. Cause I do a lot like 500 piece ones and stuff. So, I mean, you can't really see much on these pieces, but I, I think it's a little bit like that. We just have this, this inner guidance and this inner direction when we listen. I mean, I mean, how many times have you heard a story by, well, Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights? You've read that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we'd have that conversation. But, like, you know, in there, he just talks about how the way he got his break, he just happened to be at a bar and there was a guy that was filming a show. He was not supposed to, and I haven't seen Dazed and Confused, but I've, I've seen a couple of clips on YouTube. He wasn't supposed to be even close to a role in that. He was supposed to be like a super, super, super tiny role. But one of the other guys that was supposed to be a main role didn't take it seriously. And just, you know, and and gradually the other guy got edged out of his part. And Matthew McConaughey picked up his parts. And and Matthew McConaughey even talks about the stillness. He talked about that time in Australia that, you know, he was supposed to go there and be just with all these gorgeous girls on the beach, right? And and he for uh, it was, uh, what do they call those things? foreign exchange. Is that right? Foreign exchange. And so he's supposed to be there. And instead he gets put in like the most remote part of Australia with a horrible, horrible family, (laughs) you know? And so instead he finds himself having massive amounts of alone time and he said how beneficial that was for him. I mean, I've had some of that too, of just that stillness and you do, you get more in touch with this inner voice. I mean, the artist way is, you know, an amazing program. I talk about a lot that kind of helps with that as well, just getting back in touch with that creative voice. And I've tried the go, 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 go mentality. And the other mentality of, hey, show up and do what the inner voice instructs me to do, do what Heavenly Father and God instruct me to do. And life works out so much better. And it's so much funner. You know, at least that's what I've found is just we try to do everything ourselves. But when we finally just say, hey, you know what? I really do have this power inside of me. that's going to
2: tell me what to do. I don't listen to that. (laughs) Amen to that, man. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, Paul, we're, we're getting to the end of our time here. So I just want to ask you
0: what's, what's been one of the hardest things about being single for you and what has helped you the most to find Like, to really get through some of those things and get back to this place of I don't you know we don't even have to call it happy we can just call it presence like I think when we're in the moment like that's when we're happy you know it's when we start thinking too much am I happy am I happy am I happy
2: it's just about presence so what has uh, been the hardest thing for you and what's helped you man well probably the only
1: reason that it is hard I think is just because of the the expectation that that's what should be and i think there's an expectation that um i should be married and i should have children by a certain age and if i don't then there's something wrong with me or i'm not faithful enough or i'm not trying hard enough uh, and so the hardest thing for me has been systematically extricating expectations that were that were pushed upon me that were not actually in, in my heart and understanding that I'm an individual and my relationship with God is personal. And whether it's a religion or a society or a culture that is trying to tell me that in order for me to be happy or for me to be fulfilling my purpose, I have to do, I have to be this other thing. And one of those things is being in a committed married relationship where where I'm raising a family. And so the hardest thing for me has been to, well, when that wasn't working out, dealing with the the shame and the guilt and the, uh, the, the, the shame and the guilt that I'm now some, that there's, that this is wrong, that I'm wrong, that I'm, that I am not right. And that there's something wrong with me because I haven't achieved this this
2: milestone or this expectation. And then, so pushing against that and really getting uh,
1: clear with who I am and what my purpose is, which is an individual.
2: And then also having those problems, right? It's like, so
1: these are the problems that I am choosing and these are the problems that I feel I'm supposed to be experiencing right now, as as a as a single person, you know, and the loneliness and the lack of companionship, you know, on a consistent basis. You know, going home to a cold, empty bed every night. You know, like all of those are 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 real. Like you know that that's a real thing. We are social beings. We're intimate beings. We're physical beings. We're sexual beings. So when that is not a regular part that companionship, it's that there are problems there. And of course there are gonna be problems there. And also the full acknowledgement that, you know, had I gotten married when I was 24 25, when I was initially expected to, and when I initially thought that I wanted to, then I would be 40 years old, you know, and and having my problems now of, you know, and who knows what those problems would have been. I can honestly say that the level of maturity and emotional intelligence I had at 25, I don't think I would have survived. I don't, I don't think I would have survived a marriage. I think I would be divorced. Um, I think if I would have gotten married ever, <laughs> I mean, I'm just now starting to like, I mean, I'm 40 now and I've had like huge revelations just in the last couple of months about myself and huge Adjustments of growth and emotional intelligence that I didn't even have a year ago. Like I think if I would have gotten married a year ago, it would already be strained, you know. And I don't know, maybe I would have rose to the occasion. That's not really the, you know, the important thing. But it's like I am where I am now, and I have the problems that I have now, and those are the problems that I've chosen, and those are the problems that I get to work through. That's the puzzle I get to build, and with that are is going to come challenges, and with that are is going to come opportunities. And I get to choose how happy I am or fulfilled I am based off of how I approach, how I show up
2: in building this, this puzzle that I'm in right now. That's all I got. Well, dude, I, one thing they kind of heard in
0: that is just, you know, be where be where you are instead of where you want to be. Like we all think that by dreaming of these places like I am I am a total fan. Like I actually have I have a statement that I I write every year of where I want my life to be in a year, and I read it every day or listen to it every day, one of the two. And like I'm I'm a big fan of that. But if I sit there reading it all day long, it's probably not it's probably not gonna be very good. You know, it's probably gonna. And I think so many people spend that time of not being where they are, but you know being where they want to be. Oh, if I just had this life like we've been talking about. And so, dude, thank you, thank you so much, Paul, for for joining me on the podcast, man. I've always I've always enjoyed our conversations, and I know I, I, other people will enjoy this as well. So, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And let me give you a, a moment to just tell people how. So, Paul Green is actually a fantastic comedian. I've I've seen his shows for quite a while now, and and he's been a friend for a while too, and. He does an amazing job. So if you guys get the chance to see a show he puts on, I highly recommend it. He has really worked on and perfected his craft and continues to work on it and work on it. So let me give him a chance to tell you guys how you can connect with him, how you guys can follow him and even any shows you have coming up or something, man.
1: Sure. So I am Paul Green Comedy on everything. Just Paul Green spelled as normal and boring as you can think it, Paul Green Comedy. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram and facebook and my website is paulgreencomedy.com and shows you know i am la based um i have been starting to travel a little bit more since things opened a pandemic i actually was just in tucson arizona as i said last weekend and in vegas i don't have any out-of-town shows currently on the books but there's always things getting booked i was doing in 2020 i had a bunch of things that were scheduled out, but of course all got canceled through the pandemic. So just trying to, uh, you know, kind of reemerge from that and see where I end up. But yeah, all my shows, I always advertise on my Instagram and Facebook or on my website at Paul green comedy.
2: Well,
0: thanks so much, Paul. We really appreciate you having you and we'll see you guys later. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on. And you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes. So you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and and just kind of the stuff going on in your world. Then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice.
2: You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.